Good morning and welcome to another episode of the Berean Post online devotional. We are uh, devotional 66 in the book of Romans. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians, I mean, sorry, the book of Corinthians. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 1 through 5. And this is part two because I've already done one on the first verse. So I'm just going to jump in as is my custom with the text. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Understanding the Old Testament is important for Christians because it's closely connected to the teachings and the context of the New Testament. Paul, a former Pharisee turned apostle, sees the Old Testament not merely as a historical artifact, but as a theological bridge connecting past promises and prophecies to their fulfillment in Christ. Delving into the Old Testament allows believers to appreciate the context of Paul's writings, unlocking layers of meaning. The events Paul references aren't mere historical antidotes. They are pivotal moments shaping the young nation of Israel, but also our Christian identity. From the Exodus to the Davidic Covenant, Paul draws parallels between these Old Testament narratives and the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Paul and all the early believers saw all of the Old Testament through this lens. Believers realize that their faith isn't uh, a disjointed collection of teachings, but it it's a it's a continuation of God's redemptive story. The Apostle Paul recalls a story that follows the Israelites, descendants of Abraham, on their journey from Egyptian slavery to the Promised Land. Led by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire by night, God's presence served as a guide through the wilderness. While being a historical event, Paul now sees spiritual significance in the stories of the Israelites being under the cloud. For believers in Messiah, the Holy Spirit sent by Christ now signifies a continual divine presence, not external to the believers, but in the believer. Now, for Paul, being under the cloud finds its spiritual fulfillment in the believer being filled with and led by the indwelling Holy Spirit. This can be seen reflected in his own words in Romans 8 verses 1 to 2, where he states clearly that the sons of God are led by the Spirit. Paul's reminder emphasizes that God's presence through the indwelling Spirit accompanies believers consistently. Next, Paul recalls the story of the Israelites' journey through the Red Sea. And it goes beyond, again, just a mere historical account for Paul. Instead, the apostle perceives the narrative as unveiling a profound, profound lessons about God's sovereignty over nature and his steadfast commitment to fulfilling promises. Take a moment to contemplate how this pivotal event left an indelible mark on the emerging nation, helping them to recognize that the God they worshipped and his authority, the God they worshipped and his authority over even the forces of nature. Certainly, as the first apostles witnessed Jesus calming the sea with a mere word, echoes of this story resonated with them. It wasn't merely due to the sea presenting a threat, but because they saw in their rabbi a figure akin to the God of their fathers, someone who commanded nature with a simple utterance. 
in Paul's perspective, this transcends the physical liberation from Egypt's Egyptian bondage. It extends to find fulfillment in the Christian narrative of liberation from the enslavement of sin. As the Israelites faced the formidable barrier of the Red Sea, God intervened, turning what seemed to be an obstacle into a miraculous pathway under divine command. Paul emphasizes this transformation, encouraging believers to approach life's challenges with unwavering faith in God's power to carve a way forward. The lesson extends beyond mere obstacles of overcoming. It underscores the importance of navigating difficulties with steadfast trust in God's steadfast trust in God's providence. Well, they all ate the same spiritual food. Paul's mention of the miraculous manna provision in the wilderness harks back to a significant episode in the Old Testament. During the Israelites' arduous journey from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land, God intervened by providing manna, a celestial substance, uh, miraculously covering the ground each morning. This divine provision wasn't a one-time event. It unfolded daily, emphasizing God's unwavering care amid the challenges of a barren wilderness. In Paul's teaching, manna transforms into a powerful symbol, symbolizing God's daily provision and the perpetual dependence of his people on his benevolence. The Israelites, sustained by this heavenly food, learned the vital lesson of relying on God for sustenance. Paul draws a parallel between the Old Testament account and the Lord's prayer instructing believers to seek their daily bread a recognition of continual reliance on God's provision. Living on manna required contentment with God's daily supply, challenging believers to embrace a mindset that trusts God's sufficiency for each day. The biblical narrative of manna serves as a timeless illustration of God's faithfulness in providing for his people, encouraging believers to confront their worries about the future and instead trust in God's faithfulness and timely provision. In Paul's narrative, the mention of the rock following the Israelites unveils a profound profound revelation of God's unexpected provision. This unique portrayal transforms believers' understanding of divine sustenance. Striking the rock resulting in miraculous water outpourings twice vividly illustrates God as the unanticipated yet abundant source of sustenance. The idea that the rock followed the Israelite challenges conventional expectations— Paul's emphasis on the rock's movement suggests God's provision extends beyond predictable sources, encouraging believers to be open and expected to avenues for blessings. This paradigm shift demonstrates God's capacity to provide beyond human understanding. Striking the rock symbolizes divine interaction, leading to miraculous water outpourings. Paul's narrative underscores that God's provision often requires an act of faith, inviting believers to actively engage in the relationship with God. Obedience and faith symbolized by striking the rock unlock extraordinary blessings. The struck rock becomes a tangible representation of God's unwavering commitment to sustaining his people, echoing the themes of God as unlimited as, an, as the unlimited source of life-giving sustenance. The repeated miraculous water outpouring signified that even in life's arid challenges, God remains the ever-flowing fountain of provision for his people. Well, next, Paul says, uh, with most, God was not pleased. And Paul reflects on the historical events, noting God's displeasure, despite his acts of provision. 
The passage is clear. God's goodness transcends human merit, and his benevolence is not contingent on human behavior. Stephen's sermons and act further reveals reasons for God's displeasure, including the rejection of God's messenger Moses, Moses and persistent idolatry. The biblical narrative provides several instances during the time of the Exodus where God expressed displeasure with the Israelites despite his continuous acts of provision. And here are some specific examples. The Bible recounts instances of the Israelites murmuring and expressing discontent during their journey from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land. One notable event occurred at the waters of Meribah, found in Numbers 20, verses 1 to 13. Now, in this situation, the Israelites faced the scarcity of water, as we referred to earlier, leading them to complain against Moses and Aaron. Instead of seeking God's guidance, Moses, in frustration, struck the rock instead of speaking to it to bring forth water. As a consequence of not honoring God as holy and lacking trust in his provision, and, of course, disobeying the way that what God told him to do, God declared that Moses and Aaron would not lead the Israelites into the Promised Land. Another episode of complaints and grumblings took place during their journey, it can be found in Exodus 16, 3-2, and in Numbers 14, 2-4. So, despite being delivered from slavery in in Egypt, the Israelites complained about the lack of food and the ideal conditions in the um, wilderness. They expressed a desire to return to Egypt, doubting God's ability to provide for them. God, angered by their lack of faith and gratitude, decreed that generation that left Egypt would not enter the Promised Land except for Caleb and Joshua. Then we have the incident of the uh, golden calf. Um, in Exodus 32, 1-6, to this is where you can see this whole thing unfold, where in Moses' absence on Mount Sinai, the people grew impatient and persuaded Aaron to make a golden calf to worship. The Israelites engaged in idolatry and revelry, forsaking the covenant with the one true God. God was displeased deeply, and Moses interceded for the people. Nevertheless, Severe consequences followed, including a plague and a loss of divine favor. And another situation involved repeated questioning and resistance to the leadership of Moses, the chosen by God to guide them. Despite witnessing God's miracles through Moses, the people challenged his authority and guidance. Because of their lack of trust in the appointed leader, God often expressed displeasure through various trials and hardships. Seeing Jesus in it all. Okay, well, the concept of being under the cloud refers to divine presence that guided the Israelites during their desert journey. For us, in a Christian context, Jesus identifies himself as the divine presence, symbolizing guidance, protection, and a continual relationship with God. The scenario of passing through the sea, specifically the Red Sea, symbolizes liberation from bondage and a transformative journey. But in the Christian context, Jesus is seen as the liberator and pathway to salvation. For us, the sea represents the challenges and obstacles of life, and Jesus is a means through which believers navigate and overcome these challenges. In the context of the Israelites receiving manna in the wilderness, Jesus often is identified as the ultimate spiritual 
nourishment. For instance, he refers to himself as the bread of life in the New Testament, symbolizing substance, sustenance for the believers. The manna that serves as a foreshadowing of the spiritual sustenance that Jesus provides through his teachings and sacrificial death. The rock struck by Moses in the wilderness bringing forth water is seen again as a symbol of God's provision. In the New Testament, Paul draws upon this imagery, identifying Christ as the spiritual rock. Jesus, in this context, represents the source of living water and the foundation of faith. Striking the rock becomes a metaphor for Christ's sacrificial act, providing life and sustenance for believers.